Welcome to the Evolve with Nicolette podcast. I'm Nicolette. I'm a small business owner, wife, and mom. As I'm on my own journey of healing through this process, I've been inspired to encourage a healthy, positive mindset for women and men everywhere. Here, as you will hear my own journey of growth, I will also feature people that are inspiring their communities through health, wellness, and business. I'm so excited and so extremely grateful you've decided to press play today. Now let's get started. So on this week's episode, I had the opportunity to sit down with the beautiful Miss Brittany George. She's a certified coach and counselor, and she's the founder of Mixed Mental Health, which is her private practice where she helps mixed race women on their mental health and healing journeys. And I feel like as a mixed race woman myself, this is such a void in society today. And I'm so glad that someone like her has chosen to help fill the fill that void and provide help and hold space for women like myself. Our paths crossed uh, when she approached me to take part in her six day free life summit that she's actually offering this week. Um, it started Uh, back on October 25th. I am so excited to be taking part with all these other beautiful women. There's a new speaker every day this week, RSVP with her, and her link is in the bio. My link is in my bio. I would strongly, strongly suggest that you go and register for this free live event. Um, It's going to be amazing and so many breakthroughs and just learning from other women that you can relate to. I mean, it's just so powerful. We'll be speaking with her on October 30th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. So I am so excited to have that time with her. Um, On this week's episode, I was able to turn the tables on her and get to learn about her and her beginning and how she came about to having her own private practice and we had an amazing convo where we got to bounce off of each other's experiences as being mixed race women. I feel like this episode is so aligned with me right now and I just love that it is taking me on this other journey of just, I don't know, just exploration and I just These are the types of conversations that are needed right now in this moment in time. And I feel like this is the first of many. And I'm so glad that Brittany gave me the opportunity to sit down with her. Um, And just full disclaimer, the audio is a little bit off just because it was filmed over Zoom. I will do better on the next one. Just bear with it. And also, this podcast will be available Um, on my YouTube channel, Evolve with Nicolette Podcast. So you get to see both of our beautiful faces. So if you want to listen to at work, like on your desktop or at home or whatever it is, you can listen to the both of us either on the podcast or on YouTube. So here's the episode. Thank you so much, Brittany, for coming on to the Evolve with Nicolette Podcast. I'm so excited to have you. I wanted to first have people get to know you so let's do a little bit of like how you got started in your private practice like bring me all the way to the beginning yeah yeah well it's a long story and it was a long time coming but I think um everything started really coming together uh I want to say a couple years ago when I had decided uh that what I was doing career-wise was really not in alignment with me whatsoever. (laughs) I was working 
as a uh, grocery store manager and I had my um, <laughs> level three butcher training. So I was a, a meat cutter for, oh. for years, for years. And I loved the grocery store atmosphere, helping people and really and truly um, a foodie at heart. So yeah. it, was, it was a good time for a little while, but um, I realized that there were a lot of things that I wasn't taking into consideration, um, namely my body and really and truly I was in such a masculine role that I had really lost that um, feminine side of me and I was like man like who am I what am I doing so um, I had I was diagnosed with adrenal fatigue and um, I had decided I was going to go the, the more natural route. Um, I went and saw a naturopath and was trying to get my hormones uh, really back on track and actually supporting me instead of working against me. Um, and that in itself kind of was the beginning of me changing career paths and really life paths. And I ended up going to... Um, a really amazing college um, downtown Vancouver, which is like the city core um, of the area that I'm in. And uh, it was an amazing experience. It was, we always talk about this, all of my colleagues, it was really like a two for one situation <laughs> because we were there getting our education and we were learning how to be counselors and coaches. But the program also asked of us to bring our own experiences, our own traumas, our own um, really life stuff, all the stuff that, you know, we have ever been through and um, essentially work through that as we were becoming counselors. So that in itself was a trip. (laughs) How old were you just to like ground it off like? Yeah, I was um, 26, I believe. Yeah, 26. And um, I won't get into too much detail as as to what we did in the classroom, but it was such an amazing, life-changing program. And really and truly, when you become a counselor, you're going to hear like a lot of things that are going to trigger you and are going to upset you and like all of that kind of thing. So I think the most amazing part of my training was the fact that I was able to kind of dig through my past and really understand the patterns and boundaries and all these different behaviors and things and essentially ready myself to be able to sit in front of anybody and hear what they have to say and really help them dig into, you know, what's going on for them without getting triggered myself. <laughs> yeah. So, and I don't think they teach that in a lot of the, um, the university settings and um, like the, there's a, there's a university called Adler and it's like a, the Adlerian way or whatever. And it's a form, a certain form of counseling. And, you know, I know some people that went there and they're like, 
okay, you know, I'm going through the process and I'm reading all these books, but I'm not having the human interaction that it takes to be a counselor. Like, literally, you are one-on-one with somebody and you are the guide. (laughs) I mean, to hold space without having to, like, I can only imagine how taxing and draining that is. Yes. Yeah, and a lot of counselors burn out within the first couple years of practice. It's very common. Um, And a lot of the reason is because they're constantly triggered in their seat while they're helping somebody. So I was very aware of that. Um, And as I was going through, you know, my schooling, all kinds of things were coming up. But really and truly, that was the beginning of my, I guess you could say like identity formation and really looking at um like my racial identity and you know (laughs) what I have been doing in the you know entire span of my life up until then and what I've kind of just like left to other devices really and truly not paying attention to the impact that it does have on one person to well be like not monoracial <laughs> to begin with um and to then grow up in a in a community that is monoracial and that is predominantly white and trying to navigate those spaces so there was that <laughs> <laughs> right yeah yeah there was that and then there was um a piece in there that um we were doing some ancestry kind of exploration we were doing this um thing called a genogram and the genogram really and truly is a map like a family tree essentially and it tells of all the like relationships abuse addictions like all kinds of different things that have gone on in your family and you have to write it out and you have to present it and it's some you know it can be some really heavy stuff so I was going through my genogram and because at the time I didn't know my biological father I had like a whole section that was really blank and I was like damn, there's a whole half of me that I don't actually know. (laughs) It was a huge, huge realization. And I feel lucky and fortunate enough that I did have some ways of connecting with him um, to get some information for that side of my, my family tree. And with that came a lot of realizations about who I am as a person and kind of how I've just tucked away um, my my Black heritage and really hadn't opened up to it whatsoever. So that started a journey of getting to know my biological father through text messages and through like little video calls and and things like that and asking about our heritage and and that kind of thing and I was really excited but I was also (laughs) hesitant (laughs) it's a whole kind of ones that you had to open as you're like finding yourself yeah you were on a journey to like help others but in actuality you were like finding yourself 
totally. Agree. 100%. And um, yeah, it was all of that and then some. <laughs> but connecting with him was pretty interesting. Um, I learned really and truly that, you know, like it, a lot of the time, you know, people focus on like who you're raised with and, and your environment and all that kind of thing. But I began to realize that there were a lot of things that I had at first thought were out of the ordinary or different quirks or like different things that I had that I didn't have in common with the rest of the family that I was brought up with. But then I met him on like through this, through these messages and, and talked to him through these video chats. And I began to realize that <laughs> all of those things I had found quirky and had didn't have any, I wasn't able to place a lot of them came from him and that in itself was incredibly healing it was very healing oh wow yeah because it really it allowed me to accept pieces and parts of myself that i could had kind of just written off i i guess you would call it yeah that's beautiful i mean like that's a blessing I mean that's awesome. Well, that's I'm really happy to to hear that. That's like really really good because like, you know what? A lot of people don't get that type of peace, right? Like there's a lot of people, um, and not even I mean that's just from you know coming from a family or like a family that isn't per se whole, right? Like you were went through most of your life without a father figure, and then just only recently did like the pieces all start to fall together that's beautiful mm -hmm. it awesome. was beautiful it was intense <laughs> yeah. you know probably all the types of things like i bet you, you felt like did you feel anger sadness like probably had that whole range of emotions right yeah. absolutely I, I totally did and um yeah that was new to me to have all those emotions too especially about somebody that I really and truly didn't know like he could have walked by me on the street and I would have never known that was him um so that that was pretty interesting and then fast forward to um just after graduation so I graduated and I, you know, started up my private practice. I was really excited. Um, I was just counseling, coaching, really anybody that was interested in getting some help with depression or anxiety or, you know, really and truly, it was a, a wider array at that time. And through that time, I'd kept contact with him and we had talked and and whatnot and I had actually began to feel comfortable enough to like really open up to him and <laughs> I called him on his birthday one year and or yeah it was that year and I was like hey how would you feel if I came to see you like how would you feel about that what would you think and he's like 
yes, absolutely. Please come. I want to see you. I want to meet you. We'll have a great time. We'll show you around, all this kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So that was in December. And then six months later, I got on a plane to go and see him. Me and my mom went together. She hadn't seen him in almost 30 years. So that was wild. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it really was. And just before we got on that flight, um, I was doing... I was doing some course or something that I'd found online and it was um it felt like really aligned with what I wanted to make my business and I was sitting on the the front steps in the sunshine and it hit me all of a sudden I was like oh my gosh what am I doing I should be counseling mixed race people like this makes so much sense to me. So I ended up, you know, taking some courses and doing some studying around identity and really and truly understanding the mixed race experience outside of my own. And I was like, man, this is it. (laughs) I mean, so much so, like, I've never even heard it put that way. I'm telling you, like, I've been feeling, I don't want to say lost. But there's, I feel like everything has a label nowadays, and I still Mm -hmm. feel like, just even by you saying, um, like, the mixed race experience, like, oh my god, that's, yes, like, that's what it's called. Mm -hmm. But, like, there's, there's really no, I really feel like, or at least I haven't seen it, right, or it's not mainstream to the point where I, you know, like, these terms are, um, out there or you know about them or you don't really hear about like these issues at least I didn't so I think that's like awesome and thank goodness you had that epiphany where were you in the airport because I was sitting on my front step <laughs> I mean like that's, that's awesome fantastic so like and then from then on you just went um like head first on mm-hmm. like changing your whole practice being specific toward now do you also because I know you I know that you um you cater towards women or it's also for men also yeah I mean I would not turn a mixed race person away because I do understand that I am really true there's not many of me in this in this kind of vicinity so I have had men reach out to me and I said absolutely 100% you we can definitely um, start counseling or coaching. That's totally fine with me as long as they are fine with having a woman counselor. Um, sometimes I always ask that because sometimes it's a no-go and sometimes it's like totally okay. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I've definitely had some inquiries and some interests, um, but all of my like marketing materials and all my programs and things like that, they are geared toward women. Um, because that's my perspective and really and truly that's the best way that I can come forward is through my perspective well that's awesome and I'm so glad that you're so glad that you're doing this that's also why you're holding for people like me mm-hmm. um, so I want to so then what do you see so let's um I know like you can't get into detail about like clients and stuff like that 
but what do you feel like the most like common like problem for like mixed race women like the common like issue because uh, yeah. i mean i know my issues like am i alone you know what i mean like i don't know and then also too like you can identify because mm-hmm. you've had so many layers i mean i, al- I always call um now i could call it the mixed race experience like that's just an onion like you keep on pulling back layers and you keep on getting like more and more issues like little by little so what do you feel like is like the common thing that is that runs through no matter what um, background they come from. Yeah, well, I think identity is, like, the key. Really and truly the development of one's identity, and specifically as a mixed person, because we may identify with the way that we were brought up in our family of origin, but that may have not included all parts and pieces of us. So my own experience, I grew up in a predominantly white household. Um, My grandmother, she is English. And (laughs) like, we, I mean, there's not a whole lot of, you know, um, like festivities or really any cultural things that we would have done except like different foods and stuff. But I had no influence of uh, my African ancestry or um, I'm also Native American. And then also on my my mom's side, uh, her dad is is Syrian. So we didn't really express those things. And that makes it very difficult, I think, for most people that are mixed to accept that piece of them if it's not kind of shown to them and practiced in their household so you come to like I don't know 20 in your 20s and you're doing your self-discovery and you're finding out new pieces about yourself and there's this whole side of you that's lost because it just was never talked about or expressed or um (laughs) one of the things you know, that my, my family members would say was like, oh, we don't see color and, you know, you're just the same as us and everything. And I know that they meant it in a, a loving and caring way not to um, separate me from them. But it's hard when you go out and you're living in an area where everybody else is seeing color. And, you know, that takes a hit on your identity. So I think that's, I honestly, I think that's the bottom line. Um, like identity exploration, I have a actual program uh, specifically around identity and just breaking down the parts of your identity. Um, I think it's something that is ever evolving because as humans, we don't ever stop evolving and yeah. changing and all that kind of thing. So um it's a great starter space to kind of just like have some awarenesses and um bring some bring some clarity to just that identity piece yeah (laughs) i mean like that's awesome because i feel like for me as i you know i'm mexican and filipino and i always felt like um I could never explain it to someone else because I felt like nobody, like, 
nobody really knew what I was going through. You know what I mean? And my brother, I have a younger brother um, that's five years younger, but like he, we weren't able to talk about those things because he, he was too young, you know? And I could never like pinpoint like how exactly I was feeling. But the feeling across the board all these years was that I was never enough. I was never like Filipino enough. I was never Mexican enough. When I was with the, you know, with um, like my Filipino friends, like I was always the one that was different. You know what I mean? <laughs> Even though um, I was raised predominantly in Filipino culture, because I was um, about ninety percent of my day was with my Filipino family, like my grandpa, my grandma, and my auntie was my constant all day long, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and because my parents worked, I only had a little bit of my mom every single day. So I couldn't learn Spanish. Um, I knew how to, I, I understood it, but I couldn't speak it because there was no one to like practice with or to force right. me to speak Spanish, you know? So then mm-hmm. because of that, now I'm not Mexican enough because I don't know Spanish. Right, or I can't speak it, or my accent is so thick um, that I get made fun of, and that also led to me having like this kind of stage fright every time that I would try to speak Spanish. I would always get made fun of or poked fun, so it would always be like an issue that I was never enough. And I feel like during my self discovery in the last like four years or so like I've always known that I'm half Filipino half Mexican and I'm very very proud of that right Mm -hmm. but it was I felt like I was always on an island by myself yeah you know because I either had friends that were solely one race like you were solely Filipino you were solely Cambodian you were solely Mexican so um the mixed race experience was only my own and then I would find whenever it kind of always felt like every time I would meet someone that was the same mixture as me, I would always compare because they always looked more Asian or mm-hmm. they always look, it wasn't the same type of mix as me. Whereas like my mom's the one that's Mexican and my dad's the one that's Filipino. It was always the other way around. So right. as a result, they always looked Asian or I was always envious of how they look more Asian than me or how they look more Filipino than me so Mm -hmm. you know like it's just this like fucking battle that I was that I'm still dealing with to this day you know because I always have to like I always feel like I have to prove myself wherever I am Mm -hmm. um and then I have now with like social media and me trying to like um help other like inspire others to also be on their own self-healing journey it's Mm -hmm. hard for me to find space in like those separate communities because although you don't you know everybody feels like they're inclusive and all these things but when you're solely speaking tagalog on your on your instagram i can't relate i want so bad to be in the panai club to be in the filipino girls club Mm-hmm. I can't because you guys are speaking a language that not even my family speaks because there's 7,000 dialects in the Philippines and we're the one that does not speak Tagalog. You know what I mean? Like, it's always not enough. Like, I'm not even the right type of Filipino girl, you know? 
it's just mm-hmm. it's like this constant and I, it was always this conversation I had in my head or like with myself and maybe like two Christmases ago because my family is beautiful because um, in my Filipino side we have Filipino Chinese, Filipino Japanese and um, Filipino Mexican, uh, Filipino and Caucasian now but like me and my cousins that were like close to me they were, they are um, of Chinese and Filipino descent, but they were Chinese that was born in the Philippines. So it was even more of a mind fuck for them because they look Chinese on the outside. Yes. But we identify as being Filipino. So like my little cousin was telling me how hard of a time that he had in college because he wanted so bad to be in the Filipino club, but like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want it to sound bad, but I feel like have a right to say it a little bit Filipino culture is so judgmental that mm-hmm. like if you don't look look it like what are you doing here and I don't know if that's how it is for like other cultures but that is totally the case because I experienced that in high school I experienced that in college so hearing my little cousin talk about that like it hurt you know like that that sucks you know but then yeah. I'm just like oh my god like I had these same conversations so we had like a coming to Jesus moment like the yeah. three of us, you know, at Christmas, I'm like, oh my god, I feel the same way too. And my little cousins are around my brother's age, where they're a little bit younger. But being able to have someone else to talk to that, talk about that with, was it's blown my mind ever since. But I haven't had those conversations with anybody else since then, you know, mm-hmm. because I could talk to my Filipino friends that have like degrees in like you know, education and breakdown race and all this other stuff, but they are still not mixed race. So they still don't like, I get that they understand or trying to like hear me, but like the experience is not the same. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. And to me, ever since like me and you connected, I've been like, you know, just looking into even the guest speakers who are in the summit with, um, next week with us Mm -hmm. it's been just even mind-blowing to hear like their stories too because of how similar um i don't want to say like like frustrations and same type of like insecurities like is across the board um Mm -hmm. and it's hard to like because i feel like that's the part of me that like i don't know if i will ever like, I, I want to get rid of that feeling of, like, I'm not enough, you know? Mm-hmm. Or I always have to, like, prove myself. Like, have you ever had to, ha- have you ever had to, like, help someone, like, through that? Like, how does someone get through, like, that feeling? Of, yeah. Because that always goes back to, like, worthiness. Like, does anybody else experience the same thing in, like, your experience? Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of my clients that have had the same experiences and have difficulty with self-worth and have difficulty, yeah, feeling not enough, not enough for this group, not enough for that group, um, feeling isolated and just confused as to why they are feeling that way. Um, And 
really, you know, we do a lot of uh, inner child work. We talk about, you know, their experiences from their childhood because a lot of what we are dealing with today is placed in our past and our past experiences. Um, a lot of them just being incomplete in the moment. Maybe there wasn't somebody there to help you. Uh, maybe there wasn't somebody like an adult to console you or tell you it's going to be okay or, you know, whatever those experiences were. Um, sometimes we work in that direction. Um, yeah, and really and truly too, it's going to de depend on the, the person and where they're at in their journey. Like if this is something brand new to them, then we're going to, yeah, have to start from the from the very beginning and it is one of those things that people end up coming to me when it gets unbearable like they can't go to work because they feel like they're just being you know uh isolated or you know something's happening there or they're feeling like every time they go to a party uh, you know, there's jokes being made about one of their races and they just sit there and they're like, oh my God, like, what do I say? <laughs> you know, you don't want to be the person to stir the pot. But at the same time, it's like, you feel really shitty when like, do I laugh along? Do I like, <laughs> what do I do in those moments? So yeah, no, it's, it's a it's a very common thing. It's so common, and I've had my own experiences with it as well. And honestly, continuing to get to know yourself and to uncover those pieces has been um, my journey, and that comes in so many different forms. Um, whether that is like going and doing your ancestry or your 23 and me and like actually figuring out to you know the country and the origin and all of those kinds of things and it just seems to all build on each other mm. and uh, I feel like at the end of the day you end up having a better picture of yourself a whole picture and then you know, those comments that come at you where people are saying you're not enough or you're not fitting in here, it just, it no longer bothers you in that way because you have a full understanding of who you are instead of looking outside for that validation. So it's a, it's a process though. <laughs> oh my God, yes. Validation, validation is the word for mm -hmm. sure. Um, and it's like super repetitive like in my life and as I um, uh, start to as I've been on this journey like that is something that I've had to like like no one is going to be able to do that for me but me that's you right know, like no one's ever going to be able to make me feel like I'm enough it's that's just going to have to come for me and the the blessing that I have is that I was so um, like my grandparents, um, I always said that they served us a side of guilt for dinner because mm -hmm. it was always like, you need to eat all of this because we didn't have this in the Philippines and you get a whole fucking history lesson over dinner. But it was like, it was beautiful because I know exactly where my Filipino side comes from. I know exactly like who they are. 
and I'm so proud of like my background. But then when it comes to the Mexican side, I have such a um, strange relationship with that side, and there's a lot of trauma on that side, as there is on my Filipino side. But it was more like family oriented, um, so like it was just it was just both worlds like were so drastically different, and um, that part of like healing. I feel like it's hard to heal when I was raised by my mom, who was like so hurt and broken by her family. So it was, you know, like when you like the, the generational trauma totally transferred from me to her. Also from my dad too, with his experiences and his grandparents also. So it's so crazy how that affects like one another. That's why I don't want to, re- you know, <clears throat> repeat those same cycles with my kids, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's why it's like I have to heal for them, just because even if I'm half of what I used to be, like at least they'll, they'll be better off, and hopefully they'll be able to like stop with their kids or whatever it is, you know. Because um, that's also another thing that I have to like navigate is I own I feel like I'm raising them more Filipino than I am Mexican or like you know mm-hmm. so now I have like these little white boys you know they're very very fair but then it's like um, you guys are Mexican and Filipino like don't get it twisted yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but then to also raise them to let them know that they are they're born with a certain privilege now just be by the way how they look you know um it just it's life is so motherfucking complicated i can't i know we could go on this for two three we go on here for like a whole week if we keep on like trying to dissect like all those different routes we're trying to make a left turn at right now you know like it's totally so, so so much it's so heavy so complex like i'm even we go on for days. Um, <laughs> how do you feel like, let me take, let me try to take the left turn. How do you feel like, um, do, when you notice like with your clients, do they have a lot of body issues when it comes to like being mixed race? Like, is that something that's also common mm. because of like their skin color or, you know what I mean? What, what, what's that like? Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. And I think, I think because, you know, (laughs) we live in such a westernized um, beauty standard, I think that is really um, a huge disservice to the rest of the world. (laughs) Trust me, I still struggle myself um, coming up under that westernized beauty standard and um, it is definitely a topic that we talk about um, in the counseling sessions that I do, and it comes in many forms. It comes in many forms. So there's people that I counsel that are very fair-skinned, and they sit in rooms, in situations, and areas where their their mix, their other side, is being bashed completely and 
they feel like they don't have a leg to stand on because of their appearance. And that in itself, I could only imagine how incredibly painful that would be and scary because honestly, like that is <laughs> what a terrible situation to be in and to not know what to do and to not know, you know, and to feel hurt or sad or scared or whatever it is and feel like they can't represent that side of themselves because of how they look. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And then there's also, I know hair is such a big thing. We talk about hair all the time. <laughs> um, I've had my own hair journey and I'm thinking of actually doing uh, like a writing workshop about like hair experiences because it just keeps coming up and I feel like I just, I need to speak to it. <laughs> it's so crazy that you said that because I just had like the thought of like I need to do a whole episode on my fucking hair and mm-hmm. I thought that, that was so weird of, but I knew that I could easily fill an hour just talking about my hair and um, just the way how my hair has been such a big part of me growing up on my my identity crisis mm-hmm. and then I just had the epiphany like only two weeks ago of like my hair is curly because predominantly Filipino women, Asian women have black thick straight yeah. hair and all my life my hair has been poofy Aretha Franklin big and mm-hmm. I was always taught that it was ugly and always like I was always getting to brought to the hair salon to get it straightened. I was always getting um uh what's it called? Um uh, that's the thing too is that my Filipino aunties were over here doing um like the treatments that African American women do on their hair and they're doing it on my hair. Yes. Fried my hair and it's like we don't have that thing here. Like it was at all costs to get my hair to just straight. And hours upon hours of getting it blow dried and blow dried straight before straighteners, you know what I mean? And this whole time, I'm thinking that my hair is not Filipino enough. And then I broke it down the other day that I have curly hair because of my dad. Mm-hmm. My dad had a huge ass afro, not not perm, natural yes. in the Philippines. My hair is Filipino, like. It, I that does not come from a Mexican side at all. Like my mom has the the most straightest hair in the world, thick as hell. I did not mm-hmm. get that hair, and nobody on my mom's side of the family has curly hair like I did. And I was like, my hair is Filipino. Why did I? You know what I mean? Like I was taught that my hair was ugly all these years, yes. and only until recently did I have like the oh my god, like. I'm more Filipino than anything because every everything about me is more my family, my dad's side. Mm-hmm. It even, and that's the thing too, is that we are like, I look so, my body um, is of like my dad's sister. You look oh, at okay. my dad's sister and like I have like the thinnest ankles and the thickest thighs and like my, my body built, like my grandmother, all my aunties are above average on height, where all these Filipino women are commonly short, 
like 4'11", 5'1", and all my aunties are mostly like 5'4", 5'7", range. Oh, wow. I, that may not be tall to other people, but like for Asians, that's for Asians. tall. <laughs> yeah. You know? Or like my grandmother was my height, and for being 5'6", five, 5'5", five, five, that's very tall for a little Asian woman. You know what I mean? So it was like everything about me is from my Filipino side, but yet I'm still not Mm. And I mean, you you, have, you need to do the workshop for the hair. I know. You I have know. to. I got to. And I bet. I bet for you, being with mostly around white people, your hair was probably a topic of conversation all the time. Oh my god. Yes, and it was the weirdest thing for me too because. I hated my hair because it was so unmanageable. I didn't know how to do it. My stepdad is white. My mom is white. They are two very white people that do not know what to do with this little black girl's hair. (laughs) And this is a time of, there was no YouTube. There was no, I'm sure there were books out there, but they weren't going to the library to a book about how to braid African hair. (laughs) And really and truly there are so many different um, textures and porosity and all of this kind of thing. Yes. The black culture, like there's just so many, right? Yeah. My hair, like you can see, it's fairly like ringlety and it's, it's defined. There are, yeah, there's just too many. So I got so many mixed messages because I was having trouble with my hair. I was feeling down. My self-worth was down. My self-esteem, all of that. And then I get all of these, usually white people, oh my God, your hair is so amazing. It's so beautiful. I just want to touch it. I, I wish my hair was like that. Like, And I was like, I don't know what to do. That's <laughs> the biggest mind fuck ever. Yes, one hundred percent. So, thirteen years old, like right before high school, my stepdad takes me to a black hair salon, and I get my hair chemically straightened. He sat in the chair next to me for five hours while I got my hair done. Amazing man, amazing. <laughs> but like. That was my ticket. That was my ticket to freedom. It was my ticket to being able to do my own hair um, successfully in the morning before school. It was my ticket to fitting in. It was my ticket to feeling confidence. It was all of those things and so much more. And I didn't know what the hell I was doing at 13. (laughs) I didn't know the damage that I was you know, going to have to deal with later on in my life. So from 13 to probably about 27, I had my hair chemically straightened. I straightened it with the straightening iron every single day. I wore hair extensions, all of those kinds of things. And there's nothing wrong with doing any of that. Absolutely not. Like everybody you know, go and do your own hair thing. That's to each their own, but it's like taught you were straight pretty. Yes. And that's, 
and it's one of those things where it's like I there's a TikTok that actually is like um, it's a voiceover that's like I don't have to straighten my hair to be pretty I don't have to straighten my hair to be pretty I don't have to straighten my hair to be pretty and it's these girls trying to like doing the you can see that they're putting like the conditioner in their hair and their hair is already super super kinky and then at the last minute it's just like their hair out is natural and I'm just like this is the shit I needed to see like years ago when I didn't know how to manage my hair, you know, because I would leave the house, my hair being one size, and by the time an hour passed by, that shit dried, it was out to here. Yeah. It was unmanageable. Like, oh my God, it's so necessary. Like, I'm telling you, it's just layers. Like, where do we even stop? Where do we go? Like, it's, we could just talk all day. I know. I've never had these types of conversations with anybody else before because it legit like never came up. Like this is not. I feel like I'll talk to people and they'll just like, oh okay, like can't relate, you know. Mm-hmm. So this this is beautiful that they're now like you are now holding space for women like me that just have been feeling like I don't know who to talk to. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That I think that's awesome. Um, I feel like we need to do like a part two, part three, part four to this. Like this, let's do it. I, I can't. I can't even. Um, we went through all of my questions for sure. Um, I feel like let's talk a little bit about the summit because that is what brought us together in the first place. So, what are you excited for? What like what? Give me like the like quick rundown of like what's popping next week because there is a lot of amazing happening in like mm-hmm. a couple of days yes yes i know it's starting so soon on sunday october 25th i'm so excited yes. to have everybody aboard and really and truly like this has been about wellness from the get-go like for me that has always been my passion and my purpose is feeling well and like finding ways to feel well that are suitable to your lifestyle like so important so we are bringing all kinds of self-care wellness self-love affirmations all kinds of good stuff coming for six days yes that's right six days in a row (laughs) you literally were like let's just hit this one out the park real quick you know, like that, it's a, it's a big, it's a big feat, but like this, you're doing it, you're there, it's done. It, I mean, yeah. I'm excited this is, <laughs> and I'm glad to just be a part of it for sure. I'm so glad that we connected the way that we did and to have you on is so, so cool. I feel like all of the women that I've brought together, they complement each other so well and are really that heart-centered kind of woman. So we're going to be having some heart-to-heart conversations just like we did today um, in this podcast. And we're going to be talking about real life stuff, like stuff that all of us go through. Um, Whether you are a mixed race person or uh, a person of color. Like, I feel like, you know, there's interchangeableness within that. Um, so yeah, we're gonna hear from some amazing people, uh, a therapist, we're gonna hear 
from the woman that owns the dance company and she has mixed dance and movement and mental health together. We're going to hear from a, uh, uh, a lady that has a, a skincare line and she's mixed race as well. <laughs> like all of these amazing things, um, really and truly bringing as much representation as possible in this because that is where we're lacking as a mixed community we need to see everybody out there yeah everybody. front and center talking about all of it even the hair like all of it you know what i mean because it just to even uh be talking about the hair with you how fulfilling that shit was for me mm-hmm. to have somebody to relate that to you know what i mean and we're not the same race, you know what I mean? Or the same mix. Mm-hmm. The fact that we're able to connect just with hair alone, it was just, that was just so awesome to me. Because I bet you so many girls out there, I mean, the young girls now are so, well, I, hopefully they're able to have the means to be on a computer and like be able to YouTube things. But you can mm-hmm. legit Google and YouTube like black curly hair, what do I do? And how I would have loved something like that when I was younger or for you to even like be able to Google that shit and like, don't publicly shake your hair. Like, don't do that. You know what I mean? Like just to even, it's, it's a beautiful time. Although despite pandemic, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful time to be able to connect. Cause I feel, even though I know people have been, devastated by the pandemic mm-hmm. there's so many blessings that have happened in this time just because we're able to like oh shit we could zoom this could happen you legit can hold the whole fucking summit yeah for six days virtually and your reach is unlimited mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. what i mean you're able to have so many people from all walks of life from anywhere be present and that I'm just so glad that we're in the time that we're in because this is great and mm-hmm. ah, this is so much and I'm just like I can't handle <laughs> amazing. Um, so I just um just let people know like your Instagram, your socials, where can people find you, um, and then the, uh, let them know about um, how to get onto the summit. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, thank you so much. Um, so you can find me at Mixed Mental Health on Facebook. There is a private Facebook group um, that I have there. It is private just because we talk about mental health and all kinds of you know different things. So that's a private community there. You can also find me um, at Mixed Mental Health on Instagram. Just type it in. That's me. There's only one of me. <laughs> and um, you can also find me on Twitter which I'm still trying to figure out (laughs) right I'm just I don't know I'm not schooled in the Twitter land so I don't know maybe I need to find someone to help me but I'm at health mixed um, on Twitter and is there any other place well you can check out my website www.mixedmentalhealth.com that has 
all of um, the resources. I've got free resources on there. I've got resources to, you know, start your counseling journey if that's something that you're interested in. Um, also, you know, resources like my um, kind of self-study courses that allow you to just kind of go at your own pace. And yeah, in terms of the summit, so the only way that you will have access to the summit is if you sign up through the link in my bio. And I believe all of the ladies that are attending as well, they have the link in their bio too. So go ahead and jump onto Mixed Mental Health or to one of these lovely ladies' pages and click the link in the bio, sign yourself up, it's free. <laughs> It's so free. <laughs> it's so free and so, I mean, I, you could put a price on it. Like, it, it could easily, easily be a couple hundred, if that, a thousand dollars just for the amount of time that you get with these ladies. And for a set of, like, you know, six days. Like, this, yes. this is awesome. Like, legit, bring your notebooks. Mm-hmm. Bring, there's going to be, like, breakthroughs and gems. But like, I'm just so excited. So every day starting Sunday, October 25th, right? Yep. 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Links in my bio. I'll, I'll do it on the podcast here, uh, on the YouTube. I'll link everything here. And um, I'm just excited to see you next week. And this was a treat. We were able to talk to each other twice today. Um, mm-hmm. This podcast will probably come out on, um, maybe we'll drop it Sunday just because. Very you know, <laughs> or Monday. Uh, but I want to say thank you so much, Brittany, for doing this with me today. I know that we've had a busy, busy day, especially you. Uh, but I'm so glad that we made it work because this was a beautiful. And let's do it again. Yes, we have to do it again because Absolutely. we're just gonna keep on peeling the onion mm-hmm. together because somebody needs to do it for sure. <laughs> You betcha. Thank you so much for having me. It has been a pleasure. And yes, I'm looking forward to going live with you and talking about all that you're doing as well. So yeah, until next time. Yes, until next time for sure. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. If you love what you heard today, please rate and leave a review on iTunes. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button to keep the good stuff coming. For more inspiration and what I'm up to, please follow me on Instagram at Evolve Nicolette. Don't forget to tag me in your screenshots of the episodes you're listening to. Also, I do a happy dance every single time I get one and I love them so much. Thanks so much. See you on the next episode.